Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, let's do this. Okay, before we get into the episode, Kyle, I want you to hit that applause button, okay? okay. I need you to okay. hit that applause button. Okay. Congratulations, Kyle. You made it through Sober January. Oh, man. What I'm accomplishment. So, I'm so happy that you actually think that this is an accomplishment. It really is. It really is. It is, yeah, come on. After smoking marijuana... Every day, it felt like for about two years, for for all the good reasons. Don't get me wrong, great times. Taking the month off, that was a journey. That was hard. That was tough. I'm gonna. It was. It wasn't actually tough. You know what? I'll be honest. That was. That was a simple, easy answer. But now looking back at it, it was fucking easy. <laughs> Just be sober. Hey, you're the MLP one, man. One, one month of the year. Who cares? No, most outstanding podcaster, man. MOP. The award Ooh. goes to you. Hey. Let's get into it, man. Okay. Most outstanding podcaster here on Silky and Filthy. Welcome all you silky studs to another episode of Silky and Filthy. I'm your co-host Trevor Beggs. We got Kyle Bowen, the other co-host, pushing buttons, giving hot takes. Got the MLP award so far in 2020. Kyle, how you doing today? Man, I'm feeling good. Feeling great. Again, smoking marijuana. It's February now. So, you know, it, life's, uh, it's different. I'm liking it. I'm loving it. January, great month, fun month. Very introspective month. Why not, man? Why not be sober? And sober seems like such a strong word, okay? I'm just talking about the definition. Because, again, it's just, for me, it's just it's just weed. And I've seen people make millions, you know, smoking weed every day. I have a homie making tons of money smoking. You know, it is what it is. It's not the worst thing in the world. But, like I said, why not take a little break from the stimulant and let your brain just do its thing for a month? Yo, I'm back, baby. Kyle Bowen is back. Let's run another one. Wow, that's that's some tire pumping right there. I'm not hitting any buttons here. That's all Kyle giving himself the applause. I gave you one in the hey. beginning, man. It wasn't, wasn't that enough for you? No, no. I, I've gotten like four or five because I recorded five interviews on Saturday night at 2-Track. Shout out to 2-Track. Um, and every time they were asking, you know, just asking how the month was. And for the first couple were before 12 o'clock. So we talked about Silver January. I ran the applause, and then when I hit February, smoked one, interviewed Jamon. He was like, "Yo, bro, your eyes are so red." <laughs> that was the first thing he said. I was like, "Bro, it was the first time I smoked in like over thirty-one days." Hit the applause button. There you go, another one, man. <laughs> We're back, silky and filthy. I'm loving it. All right, well, yeah, you should hit the applause button one more time. Okay. So we got Cat Silverman coming on the show today. That's Fantastic. how I feel. The energy is just nice. One baby. of the best, man. She's one of the best, man. Oh, yo, she Longed is on the a... podcast with the MOP. I'll say this: she's a bright light in the world of hockey. Fun, 
That was fun, yo. Yeah, it was a great interview. It was pre-recorded. I know you've, it sounds like you've done other, a couple of pre-recorded interviews so far this month, so you know what that's all about. That's coming up later on the episode, but Kyle, I'm going to put you to the test right away on the three tasty takeaways. The first one I got, so there's this guy called Kyle Bowen. Go okay. follow him on Twitter. Go follow him on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, do it, do it, do this it. This is what he said. LOL, how did this happen, but Ovechkin over Crosby. We talking Gretzky territory. The kid ain't close to that. Bold. Okay, so Bold what I meant take, by man. that is the kid isn't close to really any of Gretzky's accolades. Okay, maybe the cup wins, which is hella important. Don't get me wrong. But there is a big difference from three to what, – what does Gretzky have? Six? Cup five? He's got five, or five six. cups. Yeah, five cups, right? So he has five cups. So I get, like, you know, two cups. It's not that big of a gap. But when I look at Gretzky and his stats in general, we were taught that they, they were never supposed to be touched. And, and, and it got to a point, real talk, it got to a point where I, where I actually believe that. And I watch a ton of sports, and records are broken all the time, even the top ones. I've seen the home run record. We've seen most points in the NBA. We've seen quarterback records be broken all the time, pretty much. But Gretzky's records, am I right on this? They weren't supposed to be touched, bro. And this may happen with Alexander Ovechkin. Now, I know that Gretzky, he missed, like, what, half a season due to a lockout, two almost. Ovechkin... He had a full season, pretty much, and half a season. Because remember, his rookie season, it, it was like what a year. It was like a year and change after he got drafted because of the lockout. He yeah, had some no, time right there too. That. So I think the Ovechkin again, just, just scoring goals like it's nothing. He's a fan favorite, and once again, scoring goals like it's nothing. He is actually gonna catch up to Gretzky and break that record. Isn't it? Isn't it cool as fuck how how he's been he's been interviewed about the contract. How, how he needs a new contract, what are his goals, the Gretzky thing. That's a big thing for him. He wants to get that record. They even talked about talked to Backstrom about the same thing and him signing for whatever years with Washington. You know, part of the reason why he wants to wants to be there is because he wants to witness Ovechkin beat that goal-scoring record. I, I guarantee it. He's the most favorite guy in that locker room. They've had the same core forever, and they're winning games. And why not just give this guy the goals? It's actually one of those things that people are going to be watching all across all across sports. We're talking about Gretzky's goal record, bro. These records, not supposed to be touched. Oh, is that my phone? Who do we got here? Ricky, don't doze. Should we get him on the line? Yeah, why not? Let's see what, let's see what Ricky's got to say, okay. man. Why not? Ricky, man, hold up just a bit. You, you keep going. You keep going on uh, whatever I was well, saying. Well, I, I honestly think you're disrespecting Crosby. Like, let's be Dude, real. shut up, man. Come on. Like, you're going after one stat. I mean, I know you what you want to do. You want to go for the bull take. You're feeling good this month. You're, you're fucking, you're decades off to a good start. Yeah, I know you're 100%. feeling hot. But you're, you're disrespecting Crosby by saying that Ovechkin's the better player. Okay, we got Ricky on the line right now. Ricky, Crosby or hey, Ovechkin, who is the better player? And isn't there Crosby. something that... It's easily that, crossing, that, man. Why is it so? Why is it so easy for you? Don't you understand that that Ovechkin he's getting close to Gretzky's records? We're talking That's about one Wayne record. Gretz one record, bro. It's the most goals in NHL history. Something that wasn't supposed to be touched. And imagine if Ovechkin. I know we can't play the the generation game and the era game, but bro, mm -hmm. Ovechkin's played through two. Like he played through the dead puck era and got all those bingos. And just pretty much towards the latter of his career, that's when the NHL got. Like offensive, like crazy. He had to take him that long, and he's still doing it, bro. He's pretty much lived through two eras. Gretzky, he did most of his damage in that that '80s era where goalie just sucked ass. Goalie sucked, bro. That, cool. Okay, Crosby. Okay. Whatever, man. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Let's, Trevor, keep going. Uh, oh, Ricky, go. No, so I'm, 
I'm, I'm making sure you guys, uh, I'm checking on you. I, I had a feeling you'd be uh, recording right now. Uh, just making sure that you know that the women, uh, the Canadian women's team is playing the U.S. team. Make sure you guys talk about that today. Shit, we'll talk about it. I've, I've already seen the uh, staff board. Over 7,000 people showed up. That's good, man. Yo, mm-hmm. I, I say it all the time, man. It's time for networks to just bite the bullet, take the hit. Who cares about the advertising dollars? Just put those women on television more. Oh, don't just don't just wait when there's like nothing on TV. And I know the I know it's all a fucking a monopoly. It's all about money, but for for the culture, like women athletes, the product, it's pretty damn good. It is. Don't lie. It's good. We all watch it when it comes to the Olympics. It's women, good. Yeah, women are good it's in hockey, good. man. They're killing it. And why not watch more hockey? I mean, come on. Look! Look how good the three and three was in the All Star game. I think that exactly. that blew everyone away with uh, with how fast paced it was. I mean, they're skating harder than a lot of the guys out there. Let's be real. Uh, and come on, we got like one of the Rivalry best uh, series. Make sure you let the people know the women are playing and what they're all about. Okay. And yeah, it's happening right here in Rogers Arena, man. I just heard the bullhorn go off. Oh shit! Okay, oh, you're right by go. the place. Close all right, to the okay. action. There you all go, right. Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks for thanks for taking your time right, and checking up on us. All right. Okay, boss. Right peace. Up. Okay, we got something else to talk about too. I'm down to go go off on that too because I totally, I totally am for that man. Just everyone should know when these games are on, and I know it's kind of hypocritical. Not gonna lie, we're not watching it right now. I saw a tweet about it, didn't didn't open it up, but it, it just has to be shown more. Take the hit. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, I mean, I really hope they make the money, and, and the league eventually a, the league's in a position where they got enough money that they could help get it started. They're they're already trying to help with the All Star game, and there could be take like ten steps taken. Yes, why not? Why not? Goal. Why not? Why not everyone take less at the end of the day in their bank account for the betterment of not only hockey, but sport in general? You know what I'm saying? It's time for women athletes to get to get seen, have more role models, be fucking athletes. That would be hella important too. Straight up, if some of these girls had more had more female athletes to look up to, that would that'd be a beautiful thing, bro. Anyways, yes. let's keep going with Crosby and Ovechkin, though, because I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting hot now, okay? I'm getting hot. You, hey. you keep going. Well, I'm just going to say I'm just going to think in my head right now. Ovechkin also has to win a couple more cups. Let's see. Like, Crosby's <laughs> got, still got <laughs> Crosby's still got the playoff prowess going. Well, the three cups. I mean, he's been there four times. Yep. It's, it's a big deal, man. He's, a, he's always stepping up his game at the right time. He's a better points per game player, though. He's just a better all-around player. He's a better defensive player. Ovechkin's more exciting to watch. I'll give you that. But you're, you're, to say he's better than Crosby is disrespect. Disrespect. Why is it disrespect. so? No, it's like you making it so blatantly clear that you think Crosby is way, way better is disrespect to Ovechkin, bro. Like, think about his story as well. And, you know, fuck the story. We're talking about goals, bro. Aren't goals more when we're talking about the individual success? Of a player. I know it's hard to... And I come from the person who who loves the championships. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about goals, bro. It's the it's the upper upper echelon of the stat in hockey. And, it's, and it should weigh a ton in this debate if Ovechkin, which he is going to do, he's going to beat one of Gretzky's records, bro. One of his individual records. Those records, once again, weren't supposed to be touched. They were up there in the world of sport. Nobody's catching Gretzky. You know what I'm saying? And now Ovechkin may catch him. Again, through the dead puck era. Through many, many head coaches, bro. One team. There's something so special about that. Now you brought up the cup thing. That that is so fucking fair. But when the you want to know when this debate will actually mean mean way, way more than than some random Findian kid just talking about it on his podcast that 
that barely gets a couple hundred downloads, it's when Ovechkin wins another cup. And, and who's to say that Washington won't win one again, bro? They're they're crazy. And, and it, this argument and this debate, I know I I put a ton of emphasis on the fucking goals, but but that's in the back of my, my mind too. It's like, yo, these guys could win the cup this year, and once again, that rivalry, that debate of who's the better player is actually going to come to existence. It's not going to sound that dumb. It really isn't. Yeah, we'll see, man. I heard one hot take on the radio on the way in uh, to the studio on TSN 40. Andrew Wadden's hot take was that Ovechkin is going to win three more cups and surpass Crosby in cups. Man, if that actually happens, then maybe I start buying this debate. But to me, cups matter. You cups saw, do matter. You saw that bias in my in my beauties of the cups decade. Matter. Don't get me wrong. Well, so. Cups matter, but I'm living off of the high of a Gretzky record, individual record, goals, the best stat in the whole league, something that wasn't supposed to be touched. It's going to be broken. That is so amazing to me. And again, in the back of my mind, I still believe that Washington, with Ovechkin being there, has a has a great chance to, to win the Cup this year and next year and the year after that. They got a, they got swag, bro. They got a ton of swag. And, and this Ovechkin-Gretzky thing, I think it's fueling the tank. for It's going to fuel the tank now and for years to come. Dude's on pace for 60. Can we just can we just run one of these? Straight up, can we get an applause for fucking Ovechkin? This guy's like, he keeps doing it, bro. Fuck the debate. How, how surprised are you, bro? He's one of the best athletes in North America over a decade and a half. He keeps doing it, bro. Man, what surprises me maybe is that, you know, he's in his 15th season and he's just as good as we've ever seen him before. The dude, you want to talk about consistency, not even just over his career. Look at this season. He's got 19 goals in his last 20 games. Bro. 19 goals. In a league where if you score half a goal a game, like you're, you're on you're, fire. Yeah. You're killing it. Okay, well, this guy's scoring a goal a game right now. Let's try breaking <laughs> it down. How does he do it? What well, goes through his head, bro? I think one of the crazy things is that he just, again, it goes down to confidence. He's so confident in, in himself so and confident. his shot. Like, goalies know what he's going to do. Like, he's been in the league for Dude. 15 years. Just no one can stop him. <laughs> Yo, I must say, man, he must actually really, 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 really love A, playing hockey, and B, which may actually be A in this, in this little uh, ranking, he may actually love scoring goals that much. It just gets him going, bro. Because where's... Yeah, I mean, where's the where's the decline in the in the goal scoring in the the inspiration to score goals, the hunger to score goals? It's still there. Like like he's scoring at a better rate now than he was scoring in his rookie year. You know what I'm saying? His first two years, sixty goals this year, maybe, bro. That's crazy, unbelievable, bro. Shout out to Ovechkin, man. Another one. Shout out, shout out to Ovechkin. Okay, we got a couple more tasty takeaways okay, to get to okay, before go. we get to Cat Silverman. Okay, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to the women's rivalry series, man. We, we okay. got we got to do it for the people. Well, do you, Ricky did, you don't got a lot of the people. Did you put that in right now or just when Ricky called you? Just be honest. I put it in right now. Oh, no, yeah, that, I, no, that's okay. That's okay. It's gotta be in there, though. I, honest people, honest podcast, and why not? Why not talk about it? Let, let's. What's going on right now? Okay, so you know I, the game happened uh, the other day. Canada won three two in overtime. It, it was a really exciting game. Um, I was only able to catch the highlights afterwards. This one tonight, it's just taken off at Rogers Arena at the time that we're recording this, yeah. just after 7. The first time that they played each other in Vancouver since the 2010 Olympics. So it's being kind of billed as the oh. whole rematch game 10 years later, man. Okay. So obviously that was a big moment hey. for Canada too. I'm looking at the photos of them. Great moment. Lifting, Great lifting moment. the fucking flowers in the air, wearing the gold medals. Uh, good times. Good Great times, times for Rogers Great Arena. Times. So. Yo, I, I think I've told this story 
on one of my old episodes to post it up or an episode of Loki, but I don't know if I've, I've said it here, but 2014, that was in Russia, I believe, right? The, the Olympics. Yep. Sochi. That game against the United States for the gold medal in 2014 was a classic. One of the one of the best sporting events I've seen live in my life. Yeah, I think it was what it, that was. It brought me goosebumps, bro. Yeah. Yo, I I'm not fronting, bro. I'm not saying this for theater. I'm being fucking honest. I was so captivated by that performance, and I, I'm I'm a patriotic Canadian. I love this fucking place, eh, dude. My eyes are getting watery. No, that game was incredible. And especially, Poulin. oh, yeah. Marie, Marie Philippe Poulin. <laughs> Yo. The hero. Yo, she's crazy, bro. Yo, that's actually, I was probably one of the Mamba mentality, bro. It was bro. probably one of the best goals I've seen in my life, to be yes. honest. That, that doesn't really get the talked about as much as Crosby and Burroughs, but that was one of the best goals, her yes. game winning goal there. Oh, my God. So, yes, how do we do it, bro? Points. How do we do it instead of just talking about it? Because I always say I'm going to watch more women's sports. I just, I'm not trying to make an excuse. Well, this is an excuse. I have to take some of the hit here, but I just believe that that's Sportsnet, TSN, ESPN. They just pick their spots when to show these sports. And if it's just like a regular season game, they pick it when it's like a Sunday at fucking 11 a.m. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I understand that other things are going on. Other things generate more money. And, and I know that's the world of entertainment that we live in. But again, for the culture, just take the hit. Try it out for a year. What's the thing? Fuck I- who's watching it. Put those women on primetime spots more. And try it out for a year. Why not? Honestly, I wish the NHL would get involved. And I think Batman's too much of a business guy to to really take it on and, and try to make it work. Yeah. Uh, I think there needs to be leadership at the top that that makes their league become a big thing too because it it, it, it. it just needs the it needs the backing. And, and it's nice that it's on TSN up here in Canada. I have no idea what the coverage is right now in the States, though, yeah. while it's going on. Because, again, a pretty big game tonight, you know? First time at Rogers Arena, down the street here from the studio. Hey, down the street. That uh, that this rematch is happening in Vancouver. So, oh, homie Ricky actually just like lives right outside that place, bro. Crazy man. <laughs> so so glad he called in, man. So go, glad man. he called in. It's all that, right, it's that podcast money, you know. All right, we want. I want to get to Cat Silverman. I'll give you one more tasty takeaway. It's gonna lead into it. Uh, I wrote about it this week for Daily Hive. Markstrom, is it time for him to be getting some Vesna love? As a host, yeah, of sipping on a forty. How you feeling, yeah, man? Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. He's been unreal, bro. He's been unreal, and obviously there's been a, a decline in goaltending just around the league. You know, We're seeing new faces emerge at the top, and it's, it ends up being these random guys. It's sometimes not the the rookie or you know the first-round pick. It's legit some, sometimes these like 26-year-old journeymen who just find their way at the top. And now with Markstrom, you, you could just, if you just watch the Canuck games, and it's the biggest reason why they lose is because they suck at defense, and the biggest reason why they win is because when they suck at defense, sometimes Markstrom is just the best goaltender in the league. Yeah. Everything about him. Oh, and he, he goes in a zone, and he's been doing it so many times over a 14-month stretch where I'm just believing it. It's like, yo, there's a chance for the Canucks to win this game. Even yesterday when they played the Bruins, they were down 2-0. They were, they were getting outplayed pretty heavily. I still had faith because it's like, oh, Mark, there's a good chance that Markstrom won't let this get to 3 or 4. He ended up doing it, but that is what he's creating for that. For that team and his stats, his numbers show it. I mean, what's that chart that everyone was talking about this week? I don't understand fancy stats. Can you go over that chart where Markstrom was at the top? Yeah, it was from Stephen Valakat. So yeah, it's you know he was the old Rangers backer behind yep. Lundqvist. Hey, he has his own analytics company now. Uh, the the stat category that Markstrom was leading in 
was goals of gangs versus expected goals of gangs. So they use they use all these uh, what do you want to call it trackers on shot quality cool, to track cool. like the type of shot that's going on. Calculators and so, shit. So that's how yeah it's it's shot projections and you know where the goalie's stopping the shot on the ice, how difficult the save is. So they use all of those factors to come up with a stat called expected goals of gangs. Marks of ex- expected goals of gangs is 111 goals, and he's allowed 96 goals. Now that's telling you the Canucks are allowing all these chances that Markstrom yeah. should be giving up 111 goals. Yeah, but he's been good enough to stop 96. That plus 15. So he's making these highlights. Plus 15 goal differential from actual goals against versus expected goals against Dude, leaves him top in the so NHL. Much shit's going on right now, bro. You just broke my mind open, bro. I gotta hit you with one of those, man. You went off the top, dude. I like that stat, man. Shit was going crazy. Uh, man. You, you, you like more stats, but, man? Well, we talk about quality starts with cats. So we do, we do. And one day, one day, I'll get around reading that book. Look, one month sober off the weed. Now I'm now I'm hitting the gym hard, continuing that streak. I'm trying to think of something else to do in in February. For me, it's like yo, not not buying any takeout for a while. Maybe I gotta get on this fancy fancy stat thing, man. I need a teacher. Someone teach me how to get into this shit, okay? I need the right YouTube videos. Some entertaining people in the hockey world doing some things in this department. Quick and easy. I need it in my brain. Yeah, well, just make sure you listen to this episode of Silky and Filthy where I'm talking about expected goals. Kat Silverman's talking about quality starts. We talk about a lot of other things with Kat as well. She was an awesome guest. Let's just get to it, man. Here's Kat Silverman on Silky and Filthy. All right. Joining us now on the Silky and Filthy podcast she writes for Ingle Magazine, among other, among many other things. You know who she is. Kat Silverman, thanks for joining us on the show today. How you doing in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, just trying to stay warm. It's, it's not Phoenix weather right now, so just just trying to trying to plot along here. <laughs> Maybe it's because you agreed to hop on a Canadian podcast, so now all the cold weather's coming your way. So I, I apologize, because that's what we like to do in Canada. We like to apologize for everything, so... Uh, I'm I'm sorry that you have cold weather, and I'm sorry that's our fault. Really sorry about that. I'll 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 let you guys take the blame on that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we're happy to do so. That's exact exactly what we do up here. So, um, speaking of things that aren't so nice, I mean, in Canada this week, we had uh, a goalie fight on the weekend between Mike Smith and Cam Talbot. I want to ask you first off: Have you ever been in a goalie fight as a goalie yourself? Uh, not not in a goalie fight. I've I've been in a a regular fight on the ice, like goalie versus oh, really? player. Um, oh, yeah. It didn't it didn't go super well for me. Um, but I think that's the last time anybody tried because I think they thought I would turtle and I probably should have. Like, if there are any budding goalies listening today, don't don't do it. It's not fun. It it doesn't go your way very often. <laughs> if you're not Robin Lehner, like it's not gonna go your way. Um, but yeah, I've never. That's 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 like on my bucket list is is getting into a goalie fight at some point. So <laughs> so I have to raise my daughter to be a goalie, um, just so we can fight on the ice. <laughs> well, hey. we'll spread the word for you. I think um, you know, I has Mike Smith been in a goalie fight before? He oh, seems probably. like a guy Come that on, has been in one. He probably, not, yeah, yeah, probably. I, I don't know for sure, but <laughs> <laughs> he was he was ready to go in that fight. So so you haven't been in a goalie fight. But what were your thoughts on the fight that went down? Um, with with the caveat that you know I've. Over the last couple of years, I've kind of been shifting my stance on fighting. You know, the more we learn about concussions, the more we learn about head injuries, what have you. It's fights have lost some of their luster, but uh, I think I think Mike Smith did a pretty good job of stopping when Kim Talbot went down. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought it was great. I thought it was super fun. I thought that Mike Smith standing at center ice, just waiting for him, was was nuts. But like 
but in a fun way. Anybody who anybody who didn't like that, I, I feel kind of bad for because it was that's that's what I like about the Battle of Alberta. You know, that was that was a good rivalry. It wasn't just somebody beating down on someone else. It wasn't wasn't anything that I thought anyone could cry about too much. It was just like I, I put it out on Twitter. I said, which is better, a goalie fight or a goalie goal? And people, a lot of people stood up for the goalie fight. They think it's Yo, that, fantastic. That, that's a great so question. That's, that's kind of where I am. <laughs> that's a great question. Yo, we got to talk about that later on the episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah, into that, it. I, I would vote goalie question. fight to be fair. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. There, we, we all worry about violence in hockey and, and concussions are certainly an issue. But Man, there's just something so entertaining about about two goalies thrown down, especially two willing combatants. Like you think of the last mm-hmm. goalie fight, you know, six seven years ago with Emery and Holtby. I'm not sure how much of, of a willing combatant <laughs> Holtby was in that fight. Oh man, he got his ass kicked. <laughs> he got his ass kicked. I remember that. Yeah, that's so crazy. At, at least in this one, you had guys, two guys skating center ice and getting it done. I think that's what you want to see if a fight like that's going to go down. Yeah, and like I said, I think uh, I think Smitty did a good job of. It, it didn't seem like a fight that went on beyond the point where anybody wanted it to. It was gimmicky, and it was... I think that's the only thing that anybody could really criticize, is if they thought it lost some of the authenticity of, you know, a real fight that wasn't just there for the fans. I think that one was, was largely there for the fans, but but I won't I won't pretend to know what goes on in Mike Smith's brain, so... <laughs> So I'll just say that I assume it was there for the fans and for the rivalry, but it, it seemed like it was about as about as safe and fun as a fight can get at this point. And that's what we're looking for, right? Exactly. exactly. And well, it's, it's all about entertainment too. You know, they understand the moment as well. That was a big moment in the battle of Alberta. Everyone's heard what's happening over the last couple of weeks. And again, we're talking about goldies. So they're just looking at each other and they want to be part of the fun too. And she made a good point about how Mike Smith, you know, laid up a little bit when, when Talbot was done. So, you know, no, no harm, a lot of fun. People loved it. Got the people talking, and and it's different, man. Th- like that, you can only see that in hockey. And if nobody gets hurt, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah, it was an entertaining week in the Battle of Alberta for sure. And and I'll ask you about one other thing: the Ridge <laughs> bat flip, stick flip, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> there was some blowback on uh, on his little celebration there. But what what were your thoughts on it? I loved it. You mm-hmm. see, you see so many players come up with, you know, just these fantastic sellies when they score a good goal or when they when they get really pumped during the game and we think it's super fun when players do it. And then David Riddick, you know, the first two shots that he faced hit the post, which I know some people were saying, you know, oh, they beat him anyway. He took away enough space that they weren't able to get the puck in the net. You know, two of them hit the post and then the third one was Leon Dreisaitl, that's one of the best players in the NHL, one of the best goal scorers, one of the most offensively gifted players, and he stopped him, you know, he stoned him, and he did it using an old-school poke check, and I think that's, that's worth celebrating. And somebody somebody on Twitter said that every goalie should come up with their own personal celly for when they when they win in the shootout, because it's, it's just a skills show at that point. It's, it's shooter versus goalie. That's about yeah. the only time it's not a full team effort is in the shootout. It's really... It's almost on the goalie's back to to get you that extra point there, and and I thought it was fun. You know, that was once again we're we're trying to move away from the the injury causing parts of rivalries, and nobody got hurt there. I know mm-hmm. I know Leon Dreisaitl said his feelings got hurt, like he said he felt disrespected, but yeah, 
grow up. Like that's no straight up. I, I know that sounds kind of bad, but I think that up. was. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I, I couldn't believe people didn't like it. No, you made up a great point. Like, why shouldn't goalies be allowed to celebrate? And it is a bit of a skill competition at the end, and it's one on one. If the goalie wins and wins you the game, it's yeah. Show that personality. And and David Riddich, like nobody should be surprised. He has personality. He's good to talk to in the media, and he showed it right there. Nobody should be surprised. Big game, and it was it was fun. It just adds to it. Exactly. Like we we see so many complaints that the rivalries are losing their authenticity, that they're losing their spark, and and to an extent they are. Um, I think they're never fully going to get back to where they were, even even ten or twenty years ago. But as far as modern day rivalries go, I thought that was that was a fantastic way to get things going again. And then following it up with, I mean, the Oilers, they answered the call and someone said, Oh, you shouldn't bait the other team. And anytime you beat the other team, like you're baiting them, especially in a rivalry like that, you can't, the only way you can not taunt them is by losing to them. And so, you know, I think, I think them or Riddich didn't necessarily follow it up as well as he could have, you know, his, his next performance was not great. He got chased in that and, the only reason he finished out the game is because his his backup got ejected for fighting. But you know that was I thought it was fun. There was there was no harm in that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Rivalries are fun. Now now sticking with rivalries over here on our network, we, we brought up how the Canucks right now don't have one. Eventually they will in Seattle, but we we brought up Arizona being their number one rival right now. We're trying to make it happen. Who is Arizona's rival right now in the NHL? So I think Vancouver's a good one. Um, hey. It when when you look at I think there are two different types of rivalries, and the Battle of Alberta is kind of unique because it it meets both criteria. It's a it's a good fan rivalry and it's a good on ice rivalry. The Coyotes always bring their kind of their gnarliest game against against Vancouver and against uh, against Colorado too. They usually play a pretty rough game against Colorado. Um, but then fan wise, I think. The Blackhawks fans do well against them. You know, the Kings fans trip them a lot. Not really a ton of rivalry between them and the Ducks or them and the Sharks, but them and Vegas, you know, they, they get at it after a while. And I think there's there's a decent bit of fan rivalry between Vancouver and Arizona, but more of it's on the ice. And it's, it's fun. I like watching Vancouver-Arizona games. I think the players treat them like playoff games even when neither team had any prayer of making the playoffs so it's been it's been a little more interesting this year yeah and they have the second and third longest playoff droughts in the league respectfully but even over on Nux misconduct we were, <laughs> yeah. but it's ending soon right cat and, and i'll ask you this because you know both teams they're pushing for the playoffs right now the 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 optics are looking good for them making the playoffs if the if the arizona coyotes make the playoffs why what will be the main reason Ah, uh, goaltending. All about the goalies, really and that's how we have you on the show. And uh, when you look, it's, at- it's funny they uh, they've they've added these offensive threats this year, and I think uh, like I've I've gone on record saying it before, but I don't think Phil Kessel is fully healthy. Um, it's it's no secret he's trying to keep his Iron Man streak alive, and that's <laughs> that's honorable in its own way. But I think he would maybe be a little more beneficial to the team if he rested up and got healthy. Um, but he's obviously playing a step behind where he does at his peak, and Taylor Hall's still kind of learning to mesh with the team to the offense till after, you know, 20 years in the desert, the offense still isn't there. 
but the goaltending is, and that's, that's really been their game changer this year. Yeah, that's fair enough, and it's only changing with Darcy Kemper coming back and Antti Ranta regaining his form. Uh, it looks like Antti Ranta's kind of turned a corner over the last couple of games. Uh, what's the outlook on the goalie situation there? Will, will Ranta firmly be the backup when Kemper comes back, or could you see a situation where they start splitting starts again? I think as long as... As long as Ranta stays healthy, I think the the goal coming into this year was was to split the starts. I know their their goalie coach made that known to me starting in like the first time I bugged him about it. And I think July I called him from the pool and said, you know, if I'm if I'm writing a piece about the goalies, I don't want to name one of them starter because I think a tandem's better. Do you is that is that an accurate characterization? He said, yeah, that their their goal isn't necessarily to do you know one 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 like just trade off back and forth it's you know one guy will get a little bit of a heavier workload and then the other one will and just based on injuries and rest and recovery and all that but ronta's health has kind of called that into question this year you know we haven't seen him be healthy consistently for more than you know about 10 games at a time which isn't great um he's, he's been injured quite a few times this year with just little minor nagging things um but he has kind of turned a corner. I think that the last few games were the first time since mid-December that he's looked truly 100%. Like he's been back to full strength and full health. And so if he stays like that and Kemper comes back and looks like he did when he started the year and over the second half of last year, I think I think they'll look to, to tandem again because there's, there's really no reason to tire out your, your starter unless you're the Leafs and Freddie Anderson's your only option. So... And we've we've seen how well that works out in the first round. So I think that I think that the team's goal is to really do that that tandem there for sure. Yeah, Kat, we appreciate you taking a shot at the Leafs on this uh, podcast of the West Coast Bias. That was uh, great <laughs> of you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's, that's uh, I'm, I'm glad you're able to do that. You know, you're really appeasing our listeners right now. Uh, real nice of you. Uh, I will ask you one more question about the Coyotes, though. I, I think it is pretty obvious that the goaltending is their biggest strength right now. If they miss the playoffs, what will be the main reason why? Offense. <laughs> also a simple answer, I, I suppose. I think that... Yeah, it's it I mean it, it sounds like like a blanket answer there, but truly they their goaltending has been well above average this year. I mean Auntie Ranta is having what he has considered a very uncharacteristically poor year for him. And it's true, it's lower than he usually is, but he still has a nine seventeen save percentage, five eighty three quality start percentage. You know, he's he's putting up quality elite numbers in almost 60% of his games. And he's only had three truly bad starts this year where he's allowed, you know, where he's been the one who cost them the game. So even if he regresses to league average, that's a big hit. And if Kemper regresses to league average, he's been Vesna worthy this year. So that's a huge hit. And their offense just hasn't hasn't matched that this year they've they've had a couple games where they've struggled to score a single goal or where they've struggled to score more than two goals and if the goaltending regresses to league average I don't think that's anything to blame you know that's that's average there's nothing wrong with that but their offense has been unfortunately a little bit below league average so that's that's where I'd point the biggest fingers for sure this may be a dumb question but how how upset would the Arizona Coyotes fans be if this was the year they didn't make the playoffs 
based on all the moves they did curious. make. Yeah, this I, I feel like I, I feel like this was the year for them to do it. We talked about Phil Castle, now we talked about Taylor Hall. I mean, what excuse other than injuries would this team have? It it would be frustrating. They, they don't even really have that. They don't even really have injuries because, yeah, they've been missing Darcy Kemper since mid December, and he's he's taking longer to come back than than initially projected. But last year they had so many injuries that there were times that they had like four or five guys up from Tucson at the same time. They were just basically icing an AHL roster and living on a prayer. And they still, they weren't eliminated from playoff contention until game 81 when Jack Campbell like single-handedly played them out of the playoffs with, with the performance of his career. Mm-hmm. And so coming just one game away from a playoff berth last year and then making as many moves as they did this summer, there's no excuse not to make the playoffs, especially in, in the Pacific, which uh, Vancouver fans I'm sure have seen a, Yep. Is is not the strongest division. Like there's there's We're no blessed. way to sugarcoat it. I know uh I know Harmon uh Dial, he said that earlier this year, I forget how he worded it, but he said something like, I don't even know where to pinpoint what's wrong with the Canucks because everything's wrong and they're still a playoff team this year. And that that just like that and the coyotes only scoring like a goal and a half per game. Both of them being playoff contenders like just sums up the Pacific. So if the Coyotes miss the playoffs, like Fans are going to be furious. They've they've been showing up this year too. They've they've really been filling up the arena, and so I think they they expect playoffs from it's it's a two hour drive at times from the other side of the city to get to that arena. And I think that if they they make that hike, they they fully expect to see see a whiteout in the arena this year. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I've, be been, I've, <laughs> I've been critical of the market several times on this program, but you know, wins do fix everything, and at, at some point. The, the, the organization has to do the work. They have to pick up the dubs and, and help fill out that building because I'm sure, you know, the fans that they do have, they, they expect playoffs. Again, Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, those are big moves. So let's get it, Arizona. Figure it out. Yeah, we'll go back. We'll go back. <laughs> oh, it's going to be Vancouver and Arizona in round one, guaranteed. It's going to happen. They play three more games the rest of the regular season. The rivalry is going to be... Be all it'll be all nice. It'll be heated. It'll be good to go. I can't wait for a cat. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I, I will move to the Vancouver. I think that'd be so fun. I, w- I think it would be awesome. You know, I'd love a little road trip to Arizona. I think that'd be great. You know, mm-hmm. we drive down. We do this hey. podcast on the road. Hey. That'd be okay. awesome in my Mazda three. You know, okay. very reliable car. That'd Let's be great, go, man. Good on gas. <laughs> I'm down. Fantastic. Yeah. I will ask you a bit about the Vancouver Canucks, though, Kat, um, as the goaltending expert on this program. uh, Jacob Markstrom, he's been having not just a great year in Vancouver, but really in the past 14 months since about midway through the season last year, he's turned it around. Um, Do you remember analyzing him at all in in years past and thinking that uh, he was going to turn into this goaltender? I wasn't sure because he... And and I know that there were there was a handful of Canucks fans that got very very upset with me on on the Twitter dot com because I I commented that Markstrom couldn't seem to get out of his own way during the first five or so minutes of every game. You know he was if there was a goaltender that I had to peg as the one who was going to allow a, sh- a goal on the first shot of the game ninety percent of the time, like it was Jacob Markstrom. And so it wasn't even about the talent for him to me. It was. It was getting in that correct headspace from puck drop and not from five or ten minutes into the game because he'd clean up, you know, he'd 
he'd put up those elite performances down the back stretch of games. He he kept the Canucks in games where they gave up ninety percent of the shots in the game in the fa- in the final ten minutes. You know, he he kept them in a lot of those games, but he would cost them the games in the first ten or so minutes. And whatever whatever they've done to him in the last, like you said, fourteen or so months. From a mental standpoint, not just from a technique standpoint, but getting him sharp from the moment the puck drops has been not something that I necessarily had the faith could happen consistently. I I didn't know just how how old was too old for him to to really reach that point, and and he's he's proven me wrong, and I'm really happy because he's by all accounts he's a fantastic guy, and he's a fantastic goalie, and he deserves it. But yeah. It was it was definitely kind of a shock <laughs> seeing him manage to turn it around because he is thirty. You know he's he should have reached that point a little bit earlier, I think. And but but better late than never, right? So it's it's good to see him hit that point. Yeah, that's a fact. He's a, he's a great person. I'm, the market was so hard on him over years. I've been hard on him, but he's he's like surprised everyone in this city. I don't think there were many Jacob Markstrom fans. I mean, I'm surprised people were coming at you for saying that. He did let in early goals because that, that was just a fact. That, yeah. That's what he was. He was just not mentally prepared. Fans like for some to count people sometimes. Yeah, it's, straight up. It's their favorite. <laughs> as, as a goalie, how, how do you get mentally prepared? Like, are you, are you singing a song before the game? You're drinking a couple bottles of Gatorade? Like, what, what goes on as a goalie before a game starts? Because realistically speaking, even in a beer league aspect, all the pressure's on you. If you have a bad game, everyone is just having a bad time. They'd rather be sleeping or something, you know? So how do you get prepared for that? Uh, for, for me, it's music. Um, I get kind of quiet, which for, for people who know me, they, they know that that's, that's a little rare. Um, I like to talk and I don't like to talk before, before games. Um, don't like to talk before races either. You know, anything that's, that's a singular effort for me, goaltending, running, any of that, I, I like to get inside my own head beforehand. I don't like to, to focus on the outside noise. Um, and and so I am kind of superstitious about it, you know. I I have a few songs each year that that really sort of work for me. Um, but yeah, I just I try and I try and calm down. I try not to think about anything else, you know. If something's bothering me at home, something's even something's bothering me with my skates, with my if I'm sick that day, you know, whatever it is, I try not to think about it at all and some people are the opposite you know they like to they like to think about everything else as motivation i don't i like to to just clear my head as much as i can so it's it's just me and technique and an instinct and and almost try to try to dumb myself down a little bit so i'm so i'm not thinking as much yeah the mental aspect is such a big part of the game uh, i am curious though are, are you able to divulge what some of your pregame songs might be before a game I don't know if any of them are safe for work. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Hey, this that's, is a non-safe program. I'm, I'm trying to so. think of. I'm trying to think of what's been what's been a good one for me over the last year. Or so, because um, I listen to a lot of a lot of international music, and uh, right, hey, we do too. There are a couple songs by by Veronica Maggio. She's a Swedish singer. Oh, um, cool. A couple songs by Scriptonite. He's a he's a Russian rapper. Um, oh, Russian rap you know, is hard. Like, Yo, Russian like, rap is hard. Like that will actually get you in the zone. They that yeah. make that that gets you ready to run through a brick wall. Exactly. Right there. Exactly. So. That's crazy. That that that's that's interesting. I would listen to that music too right before a big game. Yeah, for sure. Russian rap. You got to get on that, bro. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm more basic that's, than that, but I'm... I everybody's to... sleeping on Russian rap. Everybody's sleeping on it. <laughs> well, like, for, for example, uh, we like I cover hip-hop in the city, and some of the louder rappers in the city, they're not, they're not necessarily famous down here, but all their numbers are in Russia. I'm telling you, bro. It's like, I, I, I see it. It's that loud music, that, like, heavy banging. Like, she just said, you want to run through a wall. It, it's true, yo. People in Russia like that music. They do. They're, they're big fans of that. Um... You probably listen Sorry, to the my, same my music as Ovi before yelling a game. at me right now. I probably listen to the same thing as who? As Ovi, right before games, he's probably doing the same so, thing. Ovechkin. So it's yo. funny. There's a there's a song that the Vladimir Tarasenko listens to uh, in the car with his kiddos, and and it's probably not not super safe for work for for Russian kids, but I listen to it sometimes before games. It's uh. Because I assume my daughter doesn't doesn't know the words yet. Um, <laughs> and that's that's really how I got into listening to a lot of a lot of foreign music. Was I realized that there there was a point that some of the things that Drake says, uh, I did not want my daughter repeating at preschool. Yeah, <laughs> smart, smart. So I started switching up the language a little bit and <laughs> realized that yeah. that it opens a whole new genre for that's you. Hilarious. You know, the, the music almost gets better when you you take away that English qualification. That's so. hilarious. I'm gonna give you a round of applause. That, that's that's just some great parenting right there and yeah, she gets to live quality. her life listen to music that she wants to listen to because it's in a different language and her, yeah that uh, yo salute to you yo salute to you doing things right Kat. we know we appreciate your uh your insight here and your and your good parenting skills uh, i do want to ask you one more question about the canucks goaltenders and, and it kind of relates back to quality starts because i've tried to explain to kyle and one of our other hosts on, on the next Wisconsin network uh what quality starts is and, and they kind of roll their eyes because one thing i was kind of pounding home was that even though markstrom's had this this brilliant season Demko's got a quality start percentage around 70% right now, whereas Markstrom's at about 59. Uh, after how many games can we start to trust quality starts, and, and why, do, why do they matter so much as a stat? So I, I typically try not to look at any goaltending stats in general before about 20 games. That, that's usually my, my bare minimum sample size because, you know, you can, you can play three games, and if you only really hit home one of them and then you have like two kind of rough games at the start of your NHL career what may have you you have a 33 percent quality start percentage you know and so I think you have to really hit about 20-30 games to really start to use it consistently um I like to look at it year to year more so than just for a single year um like that that was my biggest thing with when Mike Smith was here in Arizona he um he consistently had a quality start percentage that was below league average, which the general rule of thumb is about 53% is league average, you know, make, putting up a quality start in about 53% of your games. That's, that's about what you would expect from an NHL goaltender. Anything above 60% or so is considered elite and anything below about 45% is considered pretty inconsistent, I'd say. And, and Smith had a tendency, even if his numbers were all right, to have that lower quality start percentage. And, and another guy who had that was actually Anders Nilsson. Anders Nilsson has consistently had trouble with that quality start percentage. And so that was, it, it's not the be all end all, um, but it's, it's definitely a way to show that 
the numbers aren't necessarily being pulled or the other numbers, at least the save percentage, the goals against average, what have you, aren't necessarily being pulled by just a few very good games that they're even if the numbers overall aren't, you know, up in the 970 save percentage, it just shows that things are a little more consistent, that fewer of the games are are a crapshoot for the team or are relying on the offense, stuff like that. So I would I would maybe wait and see how the season ends up for Demko, just because just it is his first, you know, his first year of NHL play. But I think that it's it's worth looking at at the very least, especially for a young guy like him who's still still really getting his skates under him in the NHL not yeah fair enough and I'll have to play that on repeat for my my co-hosts who uh who don't really know quality starts are um looking at Demko stats here you know 26 <laughs> 26 uh, starts in the NHL he's got a 69.2 percent quality start percentage so nice. he's up at that elite rate he's so, nice. and it's the opposite thing for him because he's got a 909 that's 909 a C plus though percentage. man 69 percent that's a C plus <laughs> yeah but it's elite it's above elite that's, for, that's, for gold that's really nice though that's yeah, really yeah. nice <laughs> yeah 69 is always nice okay let's don't let's don't be hitting on 69 at all Kyle. exactly <laughs> uh, I, am I, I allowed to say that <laughs> you, can, you can say whatever you want in this show yeah, Kat. Yeah. we are you know we, we put explicit before every episode just so you, if you got kids in the car, you know sometimes you might want to tune out. Yeah, but now we know we'll do we'll do episodes in Russian, Russian, or for the parents. <laughs> yeah, we'll play dirty exactly. rap, dirty Russian that's, rap song. That's how to do episode. it. No, just just looking at his numbers right now, just glancing at those those career numbers for Demko, he has that great quality start percentage, and his goals against percentage is at a hundred, which is exactly average for the NHL. And I mean, he's he's twenty four. So he's he's not performing where Markstrom is right now, but that's that's okay. You know, for for a young guy, those are good numbers, especially with you know less consistent starts. You know, he only has eighteen start eighteen games on the year, seventeen starts, and that's that's kind of hard to to find your footing. You know, and so I think I think he's gonna do just fine. He's he surprised me more than Jacob Markstrom. I think he's he's really come into his own quickly and decisively. I think he sure has. I would agree with that point for sure. I'll ask you one more question on, on the whole Demko Markstrom front. Obviously, it's a contract here for Markstrom, uh, performing better than he ever has with 30 years old. Uh, if you were the Canucks, where would you tend to lean? Would you be eager to sign Markstrom to an extension or would you rather kind of put your faith in the young guy? What, what would uh, what would be kind of your, your logic in that scenario? I would offer him right about, right about what the Coyotes did with... Uh, with Darcy Kemper and and with Auntie Ranta doing that, that two to three year range. I don't think you need to do like a Sergei Bobrovsky type deal. I, I don't think anyone needs to do that. But, you know, I think just giving a couple years, because if you let Markstrom walk, you know, we, we assume that Demko is going to do well on his own, but we don't know. And I don't know if I'd want to rush Michael DiPietro. You know, I think that's, that's a really quality, at best, it's a really quality player for your future. And at worst, it's, you know, a really quality trade chip. And so I don't think you need to rush that. I don't think you need to stunt that development. It's, it's much easier to just, just see if Markstrom wants to stick around for another, say, two or three years. That's, that's a very palatable contract, two to three years. Worst case, you try to trade it. You're not, it's not an albatross. It's not, it's not Roberto Luongo's old deal. Um, Sorry, I had to had to drop that one in there. <laughs> hey, but yeah. the contract sucks, and we still we still believe that over here. 
You have it's to. bad. I I love him. He's he's probably like all time one of my top five favorite goalies. But like that contract blew. Yeah. Um, but no, given even if he asks for four years, if you can get it in that four million range per, you know, keeping it under five million, the cap's going to be going up. You still have a lot of control over what Demko can make. Um, I think you even. You can even give him four years, but don't. I don't think he needs a six by six or anything. I think that ties them down if they if they give up that two, three, maybe four year deal. Yeah, and I've kind of echoed the same thing on the show. I I don't, I don't really want anything more than three years from Markstrom, especially when you have a, the luxury of a guy like Thatcher Demko there and some other goalies on the market. Uh, I'd say that's a quality answer there, Kat. And speaking of quality starts, Kyle, hopefully you learned something there. Uh, yep. You've had a quality start on this program here, <laughs> Kat. It's been awesome having you on. Uh, you're welcome back anytime on Silky and Filthy. We appreciate you and, and all the best to, down in Phoenix, especially with those Coyotes. Awesome. Thanks so much. No worries. Thank you. You silky studs, welcome back to Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Cal Bowen. You just heard Kat Silverman on the show. Man, she's uh, she's what you call a beauty. You know, one oh, of the beauty. most novel, knowledgeable people in hockey media. Uh, she gave us some great insight there on what's going on in Phoenix. Some looks at the Canucks goal tenders. And she she even taught you about quality starts, man. She tried. <laughs> I still I still can't associate a... a Oh, this guy's been so good. He's uh he's hitting at a sixty eight percent rate. Sixty nine, like, man. Why are you I, disrespecting the sixty nine? Hey, come on, know, kids. Okay, the kids. Jeez, man. Jeez, can't you, 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 you have to you learn how to even s- say the number. You have to learn how to say it in Russian. You just okay? lied. Statue Demko, sixty nine point two quality start percentage. Okay. Yeah. Well, just man, remember that. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm not trying to hop on that whole thing. Every single hockey reporter loves the number sixty nine. I've noticed that it's a thing in the hockey world. I wish I wish, more guys, I wish more guys would wear it. To be honest, like why is why are you scared of sixty nine? Why is everyone shying away from the sixty nine? That's a Don't good question, it, yo. Who's gonna be that player, yo? It's, it was Greg McKeg, but like you know, he's got one of the best names in hockey. Greg McKeg actually rocked sixty nine in an NHL game. Yeah, he rocked it, bro. Yeah, where's the applause by? There you go, baby. There you go. I like it. I like it. Why not? Are there any sixty nines in the world of sport? There's some offensive linemen that wear sixty nine, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Need, no need one that face. really stands out, you know. We need a face, man. Or unless they embrace it, you know. Mister sixty nine, that lineman. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, Cat Silverman. Yo, she killed it, man. I hope that people enjoyed that interview. Check out her work, and I hope that you know she starts her own show or some shit, man. She's hilarious. She's a bright light. Like I said, I think she's a bright light in the city. Uh, not in the city, but in the world of hockey. In the industry, yeah. In the exactly. industry, real talk. She's cool as fuck. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what you, usually what we like to do on the show when we end it off is do a little Meanwhile in Canada. I feel like we haven't done it in a little while. So let's get to it, man. Meanwhile in Canada. Each day, a busy beaver can shift 10 times its own body weight. All righty then. I grew up in Canada. I have not been around someone who wasn't high on pot for the past 15 years. Nancy, please don't trip on me, baby, okay? Did we get her done? Well, that depends. 
Can you go fuck yourself? Do I look Canadian? We did it because we love our country and not for any other reason, no other reason. They can throw the money uh, for the pension fund out the window. They can throw anything they want out the window. We came because we love Canada. Yes, we sure do. We sure love Canada. But one thing we don't love that's going on, and, and I got to go off a bit here because... Go off. Go off. Let him hear it. So we live in a town called Surrey, a city called Surrey, Shout if out, Surrey. Shout out, Surrey. So Surrey and the whole Vancouver area is one of the last cities over a million people in the world without Uber. So Uber's finally coming to the city wait, as wait, of a wait, couple okay, months ago. Sorry, okay. can I cut you off okay. there, man? I'm I so sorry. So. I, I, I know sometimes I'm an asshole. You're about to go off. But I had to drop this. Hey, there's a bullshit. <laughs> Continue, man. You know what, Kyle? It is bullshit. Okay, it so is. the mayor of Surrey. <laughs> so the city of Vancouver is accepting Uber, but the mayor of Surrey, he's an old dude. He's fighting this like no tomorrow. He's starting to fine drivers $500 for operating as an Uber driver in the city. And he's having bylaw officers <laughs> pretend to Yo. pick up rides. And the Uber bro. driver rolls up and gets slapped with a ticket. Bro, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of you know in 2020. You know what's going to happen? Been I'm, like telling years the people of, I'm telling the people Fuck. of Surrey right now, bro. This is going to happen, all right? Somewhere down the road, and I think it's going to happen soon, the records are going to indicate some fucking investigating journalism, journalism, investigating journalist is going to find this shit. That dude, the mayor, he owns a couple cab companies. In my opinion, on the low, you know, he has some stakes in Delta cab or Surrey cabs or whatever. I'm telling you, bro, what else is the reason? What's he doing? Oh, he's got the taxis in his back pocket. Yeah, he's got them in his back pocket, bro. <laughs> this dude is on a run, bro. On a run. Honestly, he he's a... Uh... <laughs> He's known for a guy who can be bought out pretty easily. He used to be the mayor of Surrey like back in the early 2000s, a long time ago. What's this dude's name? Doug McCallum. Yeah. He's just a real McAsshole, as Terry <laughs> Crews would call it in the longest yard. A real McAsshole. So anyways, <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Uber in your city, in Surrey, in Vancouver, if you're coming here from out of Wait, town. I, I don't get it. What's going on, bro? Is this actually a thing? This is a thing. Legit. I will say, though, the, the Surrey RCMP came out, yeah. and they had to come out and publicly say they won't be issuing any tickets to Uber drivers found operating without a business license. So what? Some of those, like, bylaw officers have to hand this shit out? Yeah, it's the bylaw officers, <laughs> and the cops are saying they don't want to step on the bylaw officers' toes or whatever. There's The, the mayor of Surrey is also trying to oust the RCMP, which is our national <laughs> police force. Yeah, who so is this guy? <laughs> Who is uh, this guy? I don't want to hate on him so much because he's the mayor of the, you know, the city that I love. I got to learn more about this guy. But, yo, he's on a run right now. He's on one. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> yo, what's going on, bro? Not a lot Not a lot of people get involved in municipal politics, especially yeah. our age. And that's part of the reason he got in. He's like a 70, he's a 75-year-old old, like old Dude, man. man. Should have been retired a long time ago. And Yo, yeah, why just, don't, why like, don't. Why the these, hell are you doing what you're doing? Man? Why don't, don't one of these understand. candidates just hop on fucking Instagram or something like that and Twitter and shit. Just get get their shit to the youth, you know. No, maybe you should be that candidate. You I'm know, not you're, being no you're damn off, mayor. Of the you're, city. Off, <laughs> you're off to such a great start, you know. You went on your sober streak, hey! gym every day. Yo, we gym MOP every award day, bro. for podcasting. Okay, MOP, roll, man. Okay, oh, bro, man. Okay, just, just become a mayor. This is your next goal. No, I'm down to be the mayor at the age of, you know, sixty five. Why not? Right now, though, come on, bro. <laughs> no, man. No, no. I got, I got another job to do. I'll inspire the city in another way. And make sure people are making smarter decisions in Surrey. Because that's what's got to happen. Real talk. 
Let's be real. Me and you from, are from there. Uh, do you love Surrey? That's home, right? Damn. Yeah, lo- love Surrey. That's a tough word. I don't know if I love Why, Surrey. Man? You're but an I, asshole, bro. I'm a fan of Surrey. You're no, an I, asshole, I, I'm bro. A, no, okay, Surrey's home. You are okay, an fine. asshole, bro. I love parts of Surrey. Can you, I say that? Sometimes no, 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 no. You yeah. understand how love works. Can you love part of something? Yeah, I partly love a lot of things. I part, That's I partly, not real love. I, I partly love you. That's not... <laughs> Dude, man, you should, you should fully love me, man. Come on, man. What yeah, type of shades being thrown? Hey, now. shades being thrown. Hey, man. Honestly, I was uh, interviewing some artists from Surrey yesterday, and it was so cool to hear them say that that they love Surrey. You know, they understand the bullshit. But the bu- when people bring up Surrey to me, the first thing that comes up is, is that's home, and I love it. The second thing is yeah, the bullshit. Don't get me wrong. I know it's still there. I'm not trying to ignore it. I just that's just home. I grew up on those streets, man. Yeah, you know what? It's for me. It's like the, the for Newton and further south is, is is home, and I love. That part of Surrey. Damn. North, okay. North Surrey Don't is come to my side, been, then. Don't yeah. come to my side. Okay. <laughs> your side is too greasy for me. <laughs> and that says something, man. I'm a pretty greasy guy. Yo, right by the uh, right by the fucking buildings, right? Like the, the new uh, Surrey buildings right there in Wally. That building's nice with the library. Yeah. Is I, that I guess, where they're making these decisions? Yeah, it is. It is. Are you so, serious? That's where it's coming from. Yeah. City fucking Hall's right in that area. I still don't get it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to understand this, bro. Don't get me wrong. I just don't get how he's... He's allowed to say these things. Like, who is who's his PR person? You, you got the police, the real authority. Nothing against bylaw officers, but let's be real. The police are like, "Yo, we're not doing this. We're not handing out none of these tickets. Go get your bylaw officers. We don't want to step on their toes." This is ridiculous, man. Yeah, it, it's, it's not crazy. fair. It's well, not nice. It's twenty twenty. It wasn't. Wasn't. Isn't it still? I'm gonna check it out right now. You go. You go on your rampage, and if if this is still the slogan for Surrey. <laughs> they deserve to get slapped in the face, okay? <laughs> the future <laughs> dies here. Yo. Oh, my God. Okay, so the, the Surrey slogan is still the future lives here. And oh, you're yeah. telling me that the mayor of this damn city <laughs> is like, fuck Uber. <laughs> what? Are you? Oh, is that man. true? Is he joking? Is he, just, is he just lining up April Fool's Day early? Is this some bullshit? No, they've already handed out 18 tickets as of the news last week. And yo, why why isn't it you know the first thing that comes up on this uh, on this webpage if it's the biggest news in the city of Surrey, you got the fucking mayor calling shots. He's not even that confident about it. He's he's scared. He's scared, bro. It should be on the front page. That's your big decision, fuck Uber and it's not there. Yo, he's 75 years old. He doesn't even know what the internet is. Dude, what's going on here? This has to be a joke. People need to get home from Tap House at an efficient time. You know what I'm saying? They need to get home from the SkyTrain station after a late night downtown at an efficient time. Now they're going to have to be waiting in the cold because some of these Uber drivers are even now more afraid to work in Surrey or to come to Surrey? That's some bullshit, bro. You can hear that, okay? Now you have two excuses because people who are not from Surrey who don't associate Surrey with the word home, they're actually scared of Surrey. They don't want to cross the bridge. And now you got these Uber drivers who are like, I'm not fucking driving to Surrey. Something's going to happen to me. And B, I'm not I'm not driving it, Surrey. I'm gonna get a five hundred dollar ticket from a damn bylaw officer. I don't even get it, bro. Meanwhile, Canadian falling this- apart, falling apart. Usually, we got good things to say. Meanwhile, Canadian, but hey, we got to spit the truth sometimes. Yeah, that's how it goes. It. Honest program. We've been honest a few times. Yes, 100%. I was honest about the women's hockey. You were honest about quality starts. You know, yeah. lots of honesty going hey, on. Hey, I was honest about the women's hockey too. I don't watch it. Yeah, I do. I do try to watch I, it. Yeah, I do and try to watch it. I don't try to watch it. But I advocate for it, so I know it's hypocritical. <laughs> I know it's super hypocritical, but hey, that's gonna be your next thing. You've had the sober January. Maybe the next thing is to read that'd the be stats cool. and get into women's hockey. Okay, so maybe I should do that. That'd be cool. 
figure it out. Watch some highlights. Just start slow, you know? Watch some highlights every day. I think it's exciting as hell, man. Can we even stream it if these networks are not even showing it? You know, can we illegally stream it if these networks are not even streaming it? <laughs> that was going to be my, one of my uh, things about how to improve the game was let's find an illegal stream because I can only find the one on TSN that you have to pay for. Yeah, so shout out, shout out to the ladies, yo. Hey, shout out to Kat Silverman again. She dropped, did, did she drop the word? What did what she drop when she was talking about something cool? That's uh, that slaps, have, that slaps. Oh, that slaps, yeah, there we go. <laughs> hey, hey, I like it. You gotta, you gotta go I like it. Yeah, lots of great stuff in the episode. We appreciate you guys listening here on Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bowen. Thanks again to Kat Silverman for hopping on. And we'll catch you filthy bastards next time. But keep tuning in to the Nux Misconduct Network. Hey, that's a bullshit. <laughs>